Welcome to the Ecom Breakthrough Podcast. Are you ready to unlock the full potential and growth in your business? You've already crossed seven figures in sales, but the challenge is knowing how to take your business to the next level. Join Josh Hadley, an eight-figure e-com business owner and investor, as he interviews highly successful business owners. Get ready, because you're going to learn specific actions you can take today to help your business reach its full potential and leave a lasting impact on the world. Welcome to the Ecom Breakthrough Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Hadley, where I interview the top business leaders in e-commerce. Past guests include Kevin King, Howard Tai, and Roland Frazier. Today, I'm speaking with Eric Koimans, the CEO of Harnessing Strengths, and we will be talking a lot about how you can 10x your growth and build a brand that private equity is hungry to acquire. This episode is brought to you by Ecom Breakthrough Consulting, where I help seven-figure companies grow to eight figures and beyond. Listen, Eric, I started my business back in 2015, and I grew it to an eight-figure brand in seven years, but I made a lot of mistakes along the way that made the path of getting to eight figures take a lot longer than it needed to. There were times where I had a lot of self-doubt, whether my brand could survive, whether I had leadership capabilities, or if we would have the cash flow to survive. I wish I would have had a guide along the way to help me overcome many of those obstacles. And I know today on the podcast, we're going to be talking a lot about some of those things to overcome those obstacles. But for our listeners, if you want to learn more and you want to know the next steps to take your brand to the next level, then go to ecombreakthrough.com to learn a little bit more. But as a special bonus to our, my podcast listeners, this month I'm giving away one $10,000 comprehensive business strategy audit session at no cost. All you need to do is email me at josh at ecombreakthrough.com. And in your subject line, say strategy audit, and then plead your case as to why I should choose you and your brand to work with for this month. And if you don't win this month, don't worry, because you'll be entered to win for future months to come. Before I introduce today's guest, I want to give a big thank you to Shannon Roddy and, and thank him for referring Eric as a guest for the podcast. Sharon, Shannon is an Amazon expert. He's a speaker and director of business development at Avenue 7 Media. He founded Marketplace Seller Courses, home of the Amazon Brand Success Academy, and has consulted with over 200 companies and individuals to launch, grow, and protect their Amazon brands. But today, I'm super excited to introduce you to Eric Koimans. Eric is an online marketing expert with over 18 years of experience in e-commerce development, search engine optimization, Facebook ads, influencer marketing, and much more. With a portfolio boasting over 180 different companies, including the American Cancer Society, Passion City Church, and Chris Tomlin, Eric's specialties include WordPress, Shopify, and Magento e-commerce, as well as various marketing automation tools like ActiveCampaign and HubSpot. Get ready to learn from the best of in this business on today's podcast. So with that introduction, welcome to the show, Eric. Thank you, Josh, for having me. Appreciate your time. Eric, I know that you are a wealth of knowledge when it comes to e-commerce and your knowledge is not just centered on Amazon specifically, where many of our listeners are. You have a much greater experience uh, in lay of the land in e-commerce in general. We talk about Shopify, Magento, and there's so much more outside of the Amazon e-commerce ecosystem. And that's where you have that experience. And so... I'm super excited to have you on the show today, and I know our listeners are going to get a lot of value. 
the main thing that I want to talk about and share with our listeners is is to kind of open their mind to the possibilities outside of Amazon. And so, Eric, we could maybe use my brand as an example where we've generated a lot of success on Amazon, but 98% of our sales all come from Amazon. And I know there's greater aspirations we have for the brand. We want to take it to $100 million, right? But to take it to $100 million, we probably need to execute different strategies and get into different marketplaces or channels um, and just continue to expand our community um, of followers, et cetera. So, Eric, if, if somebody like myself comes to you with this, where do you begin? Yeah, that's great. Well, it's definitely something that many businesses um, in today struggle with the same with the same issue. And, and I think that the, the biggest thing that we've noticed over the years <clears throat> is that even though we have a great a company, might have a great strategy, <clears throat> excuse me, a great product and <clears throat> excuse me, and, and really a, uh, a, a, a model that's working when it comes to off Amazon, it really needs to be taken a little bit step further because now you're having to actually pay for your own traffic. You're having to be able to take care of maybe some of more of the shipping side of things that you don't get to leverage some of the prime or just other things of that nature. And, and most importantly, you have to deal about the cost per acquisition. And so this is the kind of before we would get started with anybody, we would just say, Hey, how do we scale to the next level? And really, we really look at it when it comes to the whole kind of strategy around that. And it really becomes to what are your cost of goods? What are the margins that you have? What does it cost for you to ship it? What does it cost you know, for you to warehouse, to pick and pack? All of those different things. Because the biggest caveat, if you were to have, you want to start potentially looking at another marketplace to sell on and or um, be able to have your own website, now you have to deal with these other additional costs. And and when it comes to offline paid marketing, when it comes to maybe it's Facebook marketing or Google marketing or different things of that nature, we now all of a sudden have to deal with the cost per acquisition. For example, with Facebook, it's an $18 average cost per acquisition. Um, with Google, it's an average of around $40, uh, $75 for search ads and around $30 to $40 for Google Shopping. So if you think about it, if you have a you know, one or two or three product type scenario, we need to figure out how can we get our average order value up to be able to not just be able to have, you know, the normal kind of onesie twosie type sales on Amazon, but how do we really be able to scale and push the ball, push the the sales and really be able to scale from that seven figure to the eight figure and beyond. And it really starts with a good strategy. And unfortunately in today's world, most businesses are very excited about what they currently have, but not thinking about, well, this is how we do it. How do we make a three-pack? How do we make a two-pack? How do we make an upsell for a, a potential product? And when you have a Shopify or a WooCommerce store, there are plugins that will help you do this. But the neat part about it is, unlike Amazon, you can actually, if you have the right formula and you have the right model, you can actually really scale it and push it up to make it happen. Yeah, Eric, I love that. And I think we're going to dive a whole lot deeper into each of these action items here. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's kind of let's take maybe a step back. Why mm-hmm. don't you tell us more about harnessing strengths yep. um, and maybe how you got your start into e-commerce? You've got 18 plus years of experience, but where did this experience come from? How did harnessing strengths get built? How are you working with over 180 different brands right now? Yep. So basically, what we first started out was working with. I started in the e-commerce industry. Uh, working with a couple of different agencies, started off with the SEO 
kind of side of things. This was kind of when, when Google was all kind of, you know, what, what was just kind of getting going and just getting started, um, you know, with that and, and really focused on, on not just um, all the paid side of things, but what's the strategy? How do we build a website so that people can get in front of it? And then with that, we also quickly got into some of the, you know, all the inbound marketing strategies when it comes to, you know, not just a batch and blast and like hope it works, but actually how do you build trust? How do you build confidence? How do you build a reputation, a brand that people want to want to work with and, and want to be able to scale? And then, you know, once the, you know, we, we, we spent about 10 years in kind of the lead generation direct response marketing where, where really we spent X, we had to make Y. It was always about what's the mm-hmm. cost per lead, what's the cost per acquisition, and really, really went deep into those side of things. We tested every type of marketing, everything from guerrilla marketing to all of the, you know, the, the paid, you know, Google and Yahoo ads at the time. And then now then they, they moved, when it moved into social media and all the Facebook and all the different opportunities that are there, really being able to scale in all of those aspects. And, and, and the neat thing that's happened over the years is, is that, yes, the world has changed when it comes to, you know, how things are searching. But but um, you know, with being able to stay on, in front of the curve, to be able to really understand what's happening in the industry and kind of where it's going, we've really been able to help businesses, even in tough markets and 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 and, and in uh, good markets, to be able to to be able to scale and to really be able to go from there. So I love that. Uh, yep. And and then when it comes to the different types of businesses that we work with, you know, the the whole goal is is. And this is with with even with your own business, you know, the whole goal is always to be able to to not be so deep in the weeds and so deep into the to the the problem after problem that you can't see where you're going, you know, and you can't see the the bigger issues and the bigger things that to be able to scale the business. And so that's something that, as an agency owner, you know, I, I, and somebody that can do the technical work, but also you know need to be able to to build and manage and scale. You know, we basically built a team of 14 people that that we 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 build and scale businesses, and that's just what we do. And 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 we've gotten some of those Amazon letters from Amazon where the client has an issue with it with a with an ASIN or with a account suspension or you know when Google made big changes and we're like, all right, we're not doing this type of industries anymore. And it's just like you're like sitting on the mm. side on the edge of your seat, worried about those things. And that's when we kind of step back. Yep. When I would remember forty percent of income basically going away because of a Google change, you're like, Okay, how do we yep. diversify? How do we basically be able to not have to worry about those, you know, what's Google doing these days? What's Amazon going to do? What's the big change? What's a, maybe a, a, a overseas seller kind of coming in and, and taking something? It's a situation where we had to really step back and we really put together a good 12 to six month, 24 month growth strategy for any, for any, for all of our clients and really be able to just scale and build and grow from there. So that's kind of how, how it works. I love that. I love that. And I think every single listener is going to want to hear like, what are those growth strategies that you implement, right? What are those, the, the tactical things that you do that help diversify, mm-hmm. provide comfort? But I think it's not even just the aspect of diversification. I think it is building a comprehensive brand that private equity truly would be hungry to acquire, right? Because they don't just see you as a fly by night Amazon seller. You had success on that, but you can't repeat that success anywhere else. Um, so Eric, let's, let's dive into those strategies. Somebody Mm -hmm. comes to you, you know, how do you work them or how do you start to develop that six to 24 month, you know, growth strategy, um, I guess, ramp up for them. Sounds good. Yeah. So the first off, before we do it, we basically have, 
we want to ask the basic questions. We kind of we normally have a little questionnaire that we have that we'll provide in the show notes. But the big question that you always want to kind of do a kind of little self audit, and we need to be able to understand, you know, who are um, who is the target audience? You know, what specifically is their problem, or what are they looking for? Like, what's their big you know, when they're looking for your products, kind of what is that? What are we think of that as kind of what's the keywords? What's the um, what's the, the the symptom or the problem that they're having? And and then with that, also when it comes to the types of gifts or or, or ways that this product could be used in, if it were to be a, a type of a gift or a um, you know holiday type thing, we put together all of the different audiences and we do what we call the keyword research around that. And that's basically using cool tools like uh, keyword keg. Um, there's also um, SCM Rush. There's also Google uh, Keyword Planner. But these are tools that we put it in there, and that basically tells us over the last 12 months what is the search volume, and not just what we think mm-hmm. we want to offer, but what are all the other things that we never thought of. And from there, we're then able to kind of have a lay of the land of what's the demand. And we put together what we call the demand growth strategy, which basically is a how do we build our business around where the opportunity is. We don't want to just go buy a whole bunch of products and hope it works. We actually have to plan for it. And so the way that we do that is, is we understand what's the demand and what, how many people are searching for what. And then, and that's not just only at what times of the year as well, because you want to know what our seasonal businesses. And if you have something that's big and, and at Christmas time, well, how do you get busy in the summertime? You know, how do you not have the slow months? And how do you build products in a company around a sustainable growth strategy with that? And so we really kind of look at the seasonal trends. Um, and then lastly, when you look at the keyword research, we're then able to understand what's the average cost per click. And, and what the key thing to note is that is that if we were to go say, let's go do this, let's go and put together um, a strategy, what is the average cost per acquisition? And those are the things that are really allow us to say, hey, I would love to do this, but okay. if my product is $19 or my product is 14 or if it's 29 does that work? And, and there's some sweet spots with that we can go over a little bit later. But, you know, those are some things that, that we really have to think about with the key research. I offer this one product, but how do I build a bundle of products? How do I get it where mm. the numbers make sense? And, and, and really, when we think about this whole growth strategy is but how we're going to where we're going to go. We have to understand what's our what is the sweet spot of a cost per acquisition, sorry, of a average order value that allows us to scale. That includes all the costs, all the marketing, and all the revenue and the team that we need to manage it. You know, and that's and that's yeah. that, that's kind of the key to that success. Makes a lot of sense. When you're doing that demand, I, I guess the demand growth planning mm-hmm. and are you using Google Keyword Planner to validate the search volume for those keywords and the average cost per click for those? Or are there other tools that you're using? Yeah, so Google Keyword Planner used to be great back in the day, but they actually started limiting people's data based off of how much you spend. Mm-hmm. And so it's not really as good uh, as it used to be. So we use a tool called Keyword Keg. It's like 40 bucks a month, and it allows you to do it. And it allows you to see what the search volume is by Google. It allows you to see what the search volume is on on uh, on Amazon, on YouTube, on on Bing, on all the different tools. And then when you do it, you can export the data, and it'll actually give you the twelve month trend. And so that's 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 really kind of the goal, and and it'll give you a bunch of different ideas. And that that's that's from a keyword research tool. That's kind of the primary one that we use um, when it comes to a competitor analysis tool. You know, we never want to jump in the pool unless we know it's going to work. So so with that, we yeah, also do a yeah. deep competitor analysis. We'll just say, okay, I think I want to do this product. You know, maybe we have, you know, for example, a T-shirt 
you know, brand, and maybe you want to go look at what are some accessories. Maybe that's a hat, a hoodie, or whatever that it might be. Well, in that situation, we then do the keyword research around that, see what the big opportunities are, and then do use a tool called SEM Rush, which allows yeah. us to put in the URLs that are there, and it tells us how this business is doing. Is it trending up? Is it trending down? How many backlinks does it have? What is the site authority? But the, but the last big thing and the most important big thing is where do they get all the traffic? They would give us a list of all the rankings that they currently have. So then we could say, mm -hmm. hey, if this competitor, where they are against us, this is how well they're doing. And, and maybe they've done a bad job and, and maybe they're doing a great job. But the whole point is, is we want to do an audit on everybody that's in the space that we're going to go up against and learn what we don't know. And that's how we, that's how we scale. We get everybody's good nuggets and all the good stuff that yeah. Google provides and put together a great strategy and not just the best, the best, the top ones, but what's the cost-effective ones? You know, what are those tail terms that are middle of the road, that are good, that are cost-effective, that we could then go and scale on and, and be able to go from there? I love that. Makes a lot of sense. All right, so we've now got our demand growth strategy based on the yep. keyword research. Mm -hmm. Then kind of what's the next step from there? Yep, yep. So the last piece or the, the second piece of this um we just talked about the, we had the, the keyword research and then the competitor analysis. The next piece is also, we need to do a little bit of a paid analysis. And what we mean by that is that we want to know all the ads and all of the, the if we're going to do look at doing paid marketing, we need to understand how are things going and who's doing it. And, and what we mean by that is on SEM Rush, there's also another tool called SpyFu that allows us to put in the mm -hmm. URLs and it will show us all of the Google ads and the search ads that people are running. And that tells us to say, what's their hot button? Are they offering free shipping? Are they not? You know, are they offering whatever discounts? You know, kind of what is it? And then with that, on Facebook, they have a tool called uh, Facebook Library, and it will show us all the ads that somebody's run. And, and you can really see it where they have like one version and they like change it a hundred different times. They're like, hey, that's probably got some legs. So that, 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 that's a good one that's working for them. Or if it's just only one and done, they're using video or not. You know, what are those opportunities? Because if we're going to go do some ad, do some ads and pay for some marketing, we want to make sure it works. We don't want to, like, hope it works. And so yeah. that's, that's kind of the big thing. We just need to know what we're going up against and to understand how many competitors, what's the average cost per acquisition, and can we afford to play in this space? And maybe we need to pay some, make some tweaks. Maybe we need to make our average order value a little bit higher. Maybe we need to not do that $59 price point, which is kind of that sweet spot that we have found. Maybe it needs to be 79. Maybe it needs to be 99. But that's, that's kind of the, the phase one, that's the, that last phase of, of the strategy when it comes to that. Makes, makes sense. How do you determine what that cost per acquisition is going to be without having data or actually having done that and tested it, right? Yeah. And getting actual data. Like, how do you come up with, hey, I think this is going to be 40 bucks compared to, this, you're looking at 150 bucks per acquisition, right? Yeah. Like, there's a wide range. Yeah, that's a great question. So there's actually a, there's a, the neat part about um, the stats that are out there, there's actually ways that we can pretty much estimate, not like based off our conversion rate, but industry standards, we can get a pretty good estimate. So there's a tool, um, a, a company called WordStream, they provide uh, paid marketing services to around 550,000 businesses. And they run a survey twice a year in about 17 different industries. And they put together what is everybody's average CPC, average, uh, and I'll provide these links in the, in, in the show notes, but um, what their average cost per click is, what their average uh, click-through rate is, and then what their average cost per acquisition is. And, and the neat part about that is 
um, is that then if we were to take our keywords and and let's just say we're you know we we we're going for you know let's just use for example a t-shirt or a women's t-shirt for example or or um, you know whatever that it, it might be there's a CPC number that's on there and that's where we can basically there's a formula that could be run that says okay based off of you know the number of people searching um, and the average yeah. click-through rate that potentially we would have this many click-throughs and then from there based off of that um, you know um, and based off the industry conversion rate and maybe you even know what your conversion rate is on your website then you could say based yeah. off of that conversion rate that's how many people um, would actually buy something and then we can then do the math of based off the cost and I there's a whole formula but needless to say we run it for every single keyword and okay. and the whole goal of that strategy is is that maybe we want to go for women's shirts and that sounds like a great idea but but there might be something a little bit lower down that's like for example a a um you know a for example slim cut shirt that might be half the cost and we then have to then uh, save on those types of things and so that's really or maybe it's for example a mother's day gift or a whatever that it might be for the audience and we try to find what the opportunity is and to find, okay, if this cost per acquisition is $35, then how can we get that down to $23? And if it's $23, how can we get it down to $9, you know, for example? And then we yeah. would say, okay, does a $36 cost per acquisition uh, average order value work? And we can do the math, you know, but that's kind of the goal that we want to have a plan A, a plan B, and a plan C, because nothing goes as planned. <laughs> does that make sense? You know, when you yeah, do marketing. Sure. But the point is we can guess and not try to jump in and say, oh, that didn't work. Well, that just means we didn't plan well. You know, and we didn't have a good plan for step one, step two, step three. And and that's the goal, you know, with that. So when it comes to, and one thing we didn't mention about this whole piece of that keyword research is just because you do this one set of products doesn't mean that you can't venture out into a couple other categories because mm. you want to have a group of products that's a success. And, and maybe your average order value is a good price and you've got a bunch of great margins and you can just do one and that would be great. But unfortunately, you know, in today's world, we have found that you really need a couple of different products and a bundle. And it can't be like, ups, uh, like your kind of car salesman upsell tactics. It actually has to be something that helps not just improve somebody's life, but change somebody's yeah. life. They got to be p passionate about it, you know, and that's the thing that, that we've really tried to find. Okay, let's look at the product development and how do we get a product assortment that, you know, and maybe it is a shirt, a hat, and a hoodie, but the point is, what's the why behind it? What's the passion that makes somebody want to go and do that? Not for them, but their kids or grandkids and everybody else, under, you know, that, that whoever is the person shopping. And once we do that and we do the cured research, we, we can then build a bundle that gets you a cost per acquisition that, sorry, gets you an average order value that a cost per acquisition would work and then go from there. That makes sense. And then are you directing that traffic to a funnel, like a landing page, or are you going just directly to a Shopify or a WooCommerce storefront? Like, are there best practices that way, right? Because you yeah. can click funnels, you can do just a dedicated funnel, yep. and then you could have a bunch of upsells after that, or you could just direct them to your brand page. Like, do you have any recommendations yeah. that way? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great, great question. And this, just so you know, like, this is where I would say, 90% of businesses get it wrong. Okay. So, so let's talk about this. So, so, so first off, when you have your, the, 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 there's two pieces to this pie. First, before we get into the, the funnels and all the different details, there's one other low hanging fruit that everybody here is listening to this podcast and they have a Shopify or a WordPress site needs to set up because there's some really easy low hanging fruit is basically Google shopping. 
or all the shopping different feeds that are out there. And those are things that is the best converting, easiest to set up, and usually works for, in most cases, if, you're, if your average order value um, is, is, is at a certain point that, I, that makes sense for what your industry is. But it's always worth everybody to test just because um, you can literally, with, with, with WooCommerce, there's a, there's a plugin called uh, ProFeeds uh, with Shopify. There's like a dozen of them that, that you could do. Um, there's even full service tools like sales and orders that, um, dot com that will set all of this up for you and have a one click Shopify integration and all the different details. But you put it into Google Shopping. Facebook has one uh, for Facebook Marketplace. Bing has its own Bing Shopping. TikTok has one. All of these places, you know, Instagram, um, Pinterest, all of them now have shopping feeds. But you can set it up with one source that one, one of these plugins can do it. There's also the sales and orders. They'll just take care of it for you. You don't even have to worry about a thing. You just sign up, pay 500 bucks, and they take care of it all for you. So it's it's a pretty cool tool. But the caveat is that that's kind of phase one. If you have the web Shopify, Shopify site, it would actually just drive products to your to your to your uh, or WooCommerce site. It would drive products to your product page, and that's kind of phase one. So that that's just the first piece. Now to your other question, that's the most important one. This is where 90% of people get it all wrong. Is that they send it to their homepage or maybe to just a product page. And, th- and that's great. But the caveat is, is that um, we, we that those work the best if they're there to, to um, if they already know who you are and they, and they, they know what they want to buy and they've got to go from there. But usually when you're doing paid traffic, this isn't as warm. They, they, they just were doing something else and they saw your ad. So you've got to warm them up a little bit. And you have to remove some of the distractions that hurt your conversion rate. So mm. the average conversion rate on Shopify is around like one point, uh, um, like it's in that one percent range, and, and yeah. that's a situation that that's an issue. But to your point about funnels, you know, this is a situation where we've seen you know an average funnel between between five and seven percent conversion rate, and some that are really well even can be higher than that. So when we think about what Shopify does is it provides you a great way to have a shopping. Same thing with WooCommerce, it provides you a great shopping cart, but that's like rebuilding Amazon. Our goal is not yep. to rebuild Amazon. We want to be able to scale and like really be able to do an unlimited marketing budget to be able to do that. And the way that we do this is with a funnel type page. And, and it could be something that is done on the product page where you have kind of an upsell, you know, kind of one page shopping uh, fu- functionality, but there are some tools. You mentioned ClickFunnels as an external tool that works. Um, you know, Russell Brunson is, does a great job, and, and that's a tool to look for. But, however, if you're in Shopify, there's a tool called Shopify uh, uh, Zipify um, Page mm-hmm. Builder. And, and that's a tool that allows you to do not at, within the Shopify confines. He, you know, they're, you know, Ezra, uh, um, uh, Ezra Firestone built the plugin, and, he, and he's yeah. a very great marketer and does a lot of things there. Um, and then there's also for WooCommerce, there's a tool called FunnelKit. And it and it does a really really great job. It has great upsell funnels and even some automation functionality with it. But the whole goal is is that you want to be able to customize the product page. And what we mean by that is it's not actually a product page anymore. It now is a direct response landing page. We remove the top navigation, so we don't we, we eliminate some distractions um, that are there. We also then put together a lot more use of video um, and or graphics around that testimonials. Um, and and whatever credibility enhancers we can come up with that that would be you know reviews that would be used then featured by 
um, all the different things that are there, and of course, test you know all the testimonials and use cases that we could do. And our goal is to have our call to action above the fold. And and then mm. from there, as they scroll and they want to learn more, that's fine. And you can have some calls to action there. But if you think about it, we have seven seconds. Somebody clicks on the yeah. ad to be able to get them to pull the trigger. So so with that, we need to convince them. We got to earn their trust, and we got to do all that in, in a pretty quick time frame. So so that's where we, we'll talk about some of the inbound. Uh, marketing opportunities well around that. But when it comes to paid ads, we need to make sure that we have an average order value of a bundle of products that changes somebody's life, not just like helps them, like gets them, you know, provides them something, but it gets them really excited. And then from there, yeah. when they click the ad the card or they do that, we would prefer at that point to be able to have a a process where it is a an order bump, or it's it's something that is a complementary to what they have. It's a, it's a no brainer impulse. It's like the cash register at the store. You're like, oh my gosh, I got to have that. Well, in this situation, if you have a, a a three pack bundle, how do we you know have the bag that goes in it, or or you know if you have a book and a journal and a you know what about a pen, you know whatever that it is. But our goal is is we're taking out the cost per the shipping or the cost per acquisition. We got to have those add ons that help us get the average order value well. And then the most importantly, and this is part that most people do that forget, is that when they check out and they actually hit the button, they check out, they're on the thank you page. Well, there's a thank you page there, and you've just collected their information. They just paid for it. They're already a customer. They're already sold. But what about, hey, you bought a great gift for your daughter. Congratulations. She's going to love it. What about her friend? I'll give you half off on the second one, or I'll give you 20% off on the second yeah. one. And it's a one-click, not a, not a flashing lights and all this other stuff. It's a, you just solved the problem. They had a big why. You then gave them an awesome solution. They're stoked about it. And now we're like, how do we help them through it? And sometimes it's a video saying, hey, congratulations. I love this product. My kids love it. But you know what? What about our friends? You know, and that's a situation where it's usually a no-brainer. And, and you give them some great offer. And your goal is just now you've taken a cut. You, your, your order bump took out your shipping. And if you took care of the second one and now removed all your talks. And the best part about what yeah. we just said is, now you have no marketing budget. It's an infinite marketing budget if you can work out that formula. And that's, For and that's sure. something that's, um, that's kind of a quick summary of that. I love it. Where do influencers come into play with this, or do they? Yeah, well, influencer marketing um, back in the day literally turned in money. I mean, it was a situation where somebody would be able, things could go viral. You'd put some videos out there and, and you know, Shannon one time called me, the guy who referred to me, he's like, we're getting about an order a minute and, and we got 20,000 products. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to be out of stock tomorrow at about noon. You know, we're like, okay, you know, That's so crazy. those are the great, those are the, the, the glory days of, of, of influencer marketing, but it, influencer and really inbound marketing where you use influencers to build trust and credibility that's essential. And really not just for the sales that you're going to bring. That's important. Hopefully you get some bumps and all of that. But if you do it for a ROI only basis, that's not that that that's going to be, but oftentimes you will be not as excited as it, as it used to be back in the day. But the whole goal of it is building backlinks to your website. If you have your own website, mm -hmm. people do, you know, uh, do the different things so that they're building uh, and, and, you know, get on the different gift guides of the different holidays of the year, be able to do different interviews, be able to send products for review. I say if you have 100 products, 10 of those have to go to get reviews on if it's a YouTube influencer, if it's a wherever that it is. But, you know, Instagram, I mean, Pinterest is a thing of its own. And, and, uh, you know, Instagram is a place of its own. And if you can find some good influencers yeah. in there, 
those will grow. But you're doing it also for, and can you do a review on your website? And you want to get a link back to you and or put the podcast transcript or whatever the show notes, whatever that it is. But the goal is you have to get influencers to talk about you. Because then with that, even if it's going to Amazon, because your goal is is that you're, you're increasing your overall rankings by the more backlinks that you have. And that's where influencer marketing is really the key to it. And if you're going to have your own website, they say every page of content that you spend an hour writing, you should spend four hours. This is coming from Howard Dean, not me. This is a, you know, one of the best uh, SEO content uh, you know, marketers out there. You should spend four hours out there trying to market your products to be able to get these influencers to talk about it. And that's, you know, mm-hmm. we can talk about those at some point, but there's a lot of opportunity around that. I love that. And I think a big component of all of this, Eric, <laughs> is, and maybe we're skipping way ahead, but it's being able to create a, a community around your brand, right? Uh, loyal brand followers, um, people that purchase your products and then they become repeat purchases, right? And I think that's where kind of like for an Amazon seller, if you can unlock repeat purchase behavior and Mm -hmm. find a way to capture somebody's information, whether it be through insert cards or whatever, that's what's going to really like exponentially grow your brand. You're no longer just relying on those front end sales to keep your brand profitable. Um, yep. Do you have experiences? Is that something that you guys work on is, you know, hey, how do we keep this customer engaged and continue to sell more to them and really increase our lifetime uh, average order value? Right. Yeah. yeah. And that, that, that's the key to to all. You know, when we talk about a a whole kind of side of a business, we think of Amazon as a tool to allow you to do what we're just about to talk about better is because our goal is to build a business that we own, that we control, and that we can control the fate of and the growth or, or, or ups or downs of that. And so that's a situation where we say, hey, let's take our Amazon profits and to be able to put that into building this brand, into building what we would call customer evangelists. These are people that love our brand. There's a book called Creating Customer Evangelists um, that was written about 10 years ago. And it, and it is a really great, you know, a great tool that talks about how do we how do we empower them and how do we grow them. And the neat part about it, there are tools uh, one for WooCommerce that's called um, that's called WP or affiliate WP. Um, there's a handful of ones that are on Shopify as well that are basically a referral marketing tools. And what this is is the ability to to when somebody signs up, you can say, "Hey, can you share this to your Facebook page, or can you share this?" And then from there, when they do that, you'll get ten bucks of referral, or you'll get whatever that mm-hmm. it is, the the, the 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 whatever your carrot can be. But the goal is they love it. They're already the customer that you have. And how do you build that that relationship over time and really create your own volunteer shows force? And that's kind of, you know, that, that that's kind of piece number one. But then also, you know, you hear about what Jeep did with their brand, and then you know, Ford tried to do the same thing with the Bronco, and they're sending gifts out and sending things that are to their loyal yeah. customers, not to not to because they're looking for them to buy another car. They do it to try to want to wear the T-shirt, to have the Apple sticker on the back of the car, to do whatever that it is to show that they are loyal and a and to be at top of mind because they 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 love to talk about them. If they see it, they use it. They have the shirt. They have the hat. Whatever that it is, it allows them to talk and to be excited to stay excited about your brand and about the products that you have, and you're empowering them to say, "Hey, this is the greatest thing ever." And the best salesperson is somebody on Facebook or social media going, hey, 
this is a product you got to have. And then they like it. They share it. Oh yes. I liked it too. And, and it just kind of goes crazy. And that's, that's, that's the neat part about today's world, but you have to give them the tools to be able to get somebody to go, okay, I'm going to go do it right now. You know? And yeah. there's one here at the yeah. end that a story of, of somebody that really changed the, a company that changed the world. They mastered this and we'll go, over, you know, we can go over that a little bit, but it's, it's, uh, it's yeah. So that's kind of a, a quick overview. I love it, Eric. All right. I think we've got a great overview of kind of a bigger picture here. Mm-hmm. Eric, where should we start diving in deeper here um, for yeah. our listeners to really extract value from everything that you're talking about? And practically, like, how can somebody go execute on these strategies, right? We can hear all these things and sounds good. I need to have a lower acquisition cost than what my average order value is going to be. Yeah, I need to create a good customer lifetime value. And have all these fun ways to engage with the brand much easier said than done. Right. So let's dive into some of those actionable strategies that you would share with our audience to begin implementing some of these best practices. Sounds good. Well, the biggest thing I would just say, and and it's a good point that whatever that you do, we don't want to get overwhelmed and go, Oh my gosh, I've got to do everything. Because if you do a lot of everything, you won't be good at one thing. And the goal is that we take one thing, and we do it really well. And so if you have kind of a, a sweet spot around a, a brand or a collection or or a a, um, a group of products that do really well, let's and we have some good margins around that, let's put together a little thing. Let's go say, all right, let's take that group of products and let's make a bundle. Let's let's be able to have the you know infrastructure in place to be able to do a a, a pick and pack of three products. And, and with that, then have it all in place and building that, you know, if it's if it's one funnel or one landing page that basically has the ability to market the why behind it, not just you know, not just a um, um, you know, not just the uh, uh, you know the features of the product, but the real why behind it, and just go deep on one product. And then with that, you can you know, of course, we want to set up the Google Shopping. We want to be able to have a good landing page with some good upsells or potentially cross sales with that. And, and then once we work out one, we do some testing, and we're talking $10, $15 a day type scenario. Test it. See how it works. And then from there, you know, within two, three weeks, you might be able to know kind of if you're moving the right direction or not. And then you're able to kind of scale in those things. And that's kind of, you know, the goal when it comes to to that. And, and the biggest thing is we just want to have enough average order value to be able to have some bad days, to have holidays, to have slow times that aren't going to do well yeah. so that we can then be able to scale. You know, and and um, and to do so cost effectively. So, yep. I love that. So, starting with you know, I think the big takeaway is like start with your winners first, right? <laughs> if you have a large portfolio like we do, where it's over a thousand SKUs, <laughs> don't think that you need to build out a funnel for every thousand or you know each of those individual SKUs yeah. and have thousands of funnels and and focus on those top ones. Yeah, and, and just to note, when we talk about the like a, a growth strategy. You know, for for something with a thousand products, two thousand products, three thousand products, we normally just put out what are the big holidays that are throughout in time, and from there, what are three, you know, two to five bundles for each of the different ones, and then what are a couple mm. of lifetime ones, like like year round ones, you know, and then with that, be able to have curated goals, you know, to be able to say, all right, I'm going to go spend, you know, three or five or, or three or five thousand or, or or ten or twenty thousand or whatever that it might be for this three month span. I'll have two weeks of testing. Three weeks of pranking, and let's see how that goes. And then from there to, you know, and just to be able to go holiday by holiday and to be able to scale those things. But our goal is not just to build a November to December business. Our goal is to build a 
year-round business. So we really have to be able to to scale at each of the different times of the month, each of the different times of the you know the holidays of the year, and and to be able to scale through all of that. So yep, I love it. Then, so Eric, if we were to yeah, go on, go ahead. Well, there was one piece that when you talk about where to start, and and, and this is something that 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 is, is a new thing that's out there that I wanted to make sure that that we make sure we cover just because in the last two years, the whole product market has, has changed and most people didn't even see it coming. And so it's, it's a situation where I love to kind of talk about it. When it comes to Amazon, it's a B2C business and it's something that, you know, they're the best of the best, but there's actually a new marketplace that's been around for a little while, but the last two years is a company called FAIR. It's F-A-I-R-E. And this is a company that basically mastered the whole affiliate referral marketing business. And they rode the COVID wave where they said, okay, let's give everybody a bunch of different referrals and we can go over what that is. But now they've built over 600,000 retailers and 85,000 brands in like 17 countries. So any of the smallest brands that are out there to the biggest brands can go and apply if it's within the niches that they provide. And with that, provide a B2B opportunity. And again, this is less margin, but and so it doesn't work for everybody. But the point is you can pick what your margins are. And and the yeah. neat part about it is is that you're basically getting small businesses that are only making a hundred to two to hundred to two hundred dollar orders that are all wholesale company wholesale. But with that you're able to then scale and you don't have to pay to be on the product on the platform. You're actually paying a a a, a fifteen to twenty percent um uh uh, commission to fair to be able to do it, but that's only after it works. You're not paying to hope it works, and so that's a situation where where we have a business, a company, a client that's in that you know ten to fifteen million dollar range on Amazon, and in the first year, two year and a half out, they're around you know trending a, you know a, a couple million dollars when it comes to that just by pushing the products on there, and that's a situation where it's not loading their customers where they could do certain things. It's not doing the driving that fair would recommend you do. This is just being where it is. And there's not many marketplaces in today's world that actually, like, you could set up, oh, I'm going to get on Walmart and be all excited, which you should do. Everybody here should do. But it's not going to go like, whoa, you know? And then it's like, with FAIR, it is one of those where if you have good products, good quality, and you have margins that you can yeah. make this work, it is a good opportunity to be able to test and, and to be able to explore. When you get brands that go from Amazon to FAIR, do you see that they have to kind of like create a new UPC code or they have to kind of repackage their product so that it is more retail ready? Um, and also a new UPC code in the fact of, you know, if somebody's going to resell um, this product, right, you don't want them jumping on your Amazon listing because they've got it at this lower price. Now they start eating some of your margin as well. So any advice that way? Yeah, that's a great question. And this is something that you definitely want to kind of think through, um, you know, the whole marketplace and, and arbitrage type side of things, because it is something that's true. People will buy it and they will go automatically sell in those places. Um, there are There is a thing unfair where you can have a not sold on Amazon button. And, and, and there's different things that they have where you have promotions where you could, you know, do certain things and repackaging of that of side of things. And if you have the capabilities and the budget, that's great. But really, you want to build your, just like your Amazon business, you want to build your fair business. The best part about fair is you get to keep the customer. You get their information, you get all the different details, and you can market to them, send them things, you know, all the different details that are there. And you can email to them and all the, everything that you're kind of building. 
And 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 the biggest thing around the UPCs is is that well let's let's see if it works. Let's see if we have an audience that yeah. is the right niche. I mean, these are boutiques. These are you know kind of smaller type scenarios. And and is it the right audience? And then once it is the right audience, then it's like all right, let's step back. What happens if we made these three colors for Amazon? These three other colors for this? That's a conversation to have. But the big point is is that it's a it's a two way conversation with your customers. You can actually email them and say hey. What would you like? And they'll be able to respond back to you. You can just come back and comment, and and you can really kind of have that dialogue. And you can run promotions, do different things. They have trade shows twice a year, and and it's an interesting. It's a, it's it's one of the biggest changing of all retail side of things. Trade shows are really struggling because now one retailer can go online to any retail, you know, any customer that's out there and find products that are there, and 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 to be able to easily sell them. So it, it's a neat opportunity. I love that. Um, now, Eric, as we begin to wrap things up, I want to get even more basic with, you know, if somebody's going to go from Amazon and they want to create this kind of omni-channel presence and they're going to start, you know, creating their Shopify store and driving traffic to it, what are, what are like the, what's your number one recommendation of this is the platform to get on first, whether it be Facebook or TikTok or Google to drive traffic two-way landing page like yep. you can only choose one right let's talk about the basics of the, the basics of the basics here yep, sure take your top sure. product right yep and then what well, yeah well the, the, there's two pieces to that so one if you have a shopify um store i would the first thing i would do is set up google shopping just because that's literally the same day you set up all of your store and all those different details and you can actually start fulfilling products you could set up a google merchant account which then connects to your google ads account and it's literally a, a quick connection type scenario. And and everybody here should easily be doing Google Shopping. And and again, you have to you have to be able to to we've already talked about the strategy piece, so that's gotta be there. You gotta be ready for a little bit of a cost uh, acquisition. But it's something that if you you know, we kind of say that SEO and, and long term marketing, that that's that that's the three to six months. But the one to three months, when you first get started, what do you do in that time? We, I would, the first thing I would do is start with the Google Shopping. And, of course, you got to do all the content marketing. You need to do all of the influencer marketing, all of that. But how do you move the needle tomorrow? It's with Google Shopping. And, and then from there, the next thing is building a bundle around, you know, what is your one thing that you could do? And the next place I would start at is not the TikToks of the world. You know, that they might be great. There might be opportunities that are there. But it's really I would start with, with after our Google side of things that we just talked about, Google Shopping, we would start with a Facebook ad towards very targeted mm. audiences. And that's the big thing. You can choose interest. You don't want to just say, hey, everybody, you know, you want to say, no, I want to choose female between this age and this age that like, you know, whatever that it is. And you know that that's yeah. an audience that is there. And and that's a good place to be able to start talk about who are your avatars and go target each one of those. And then with that, you can find that you might be thinking you're going for millennial moms, that have a young young child, and you might actually learn that it's the grandma that actually buys for the family of the parents, and that's where. But you got to test that if you don't know that, and so that's kind of the the, the the quick overview of that. That's perfect, Eric. This has been amazing. I've got a lot of value out of this. I think everybody's got some quick wins of what they can do and where to just begin, right? And I think the important thing that everybody needs to take away is that you've just got to test, right? It, you're probably not going to, you know, hit the bullseye right from the start you're gonna have to make some refinements along the way eric is there anything that we haven't covered up until this point that you think we really need to share with the audience 
Now, well, the only thing I would just, uh, the last part is when it comes to AI, all of the chat GBT stuff and the stuff that's out there, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's definitely changing the world. And what I mean by that is the way people search and shop and the way people do things, it's already changed. And the biggest thing is, is that it's going to change it even more in the next. And so what we would just say is, is that you can leverage the content. If you're on Amazon, you can put all, you can put your product description and all of your reviews, and it would give you what are the top five bullet points that you need to have on your Amazon listing. That could be ChatGPT. You can do that all day long. And it does it based off your problems and things that people didn't understand to be able to make great reviews, that, 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 sorry, great, uh, great uh, bullet points that you can have. Also, when it comes to your co- website, if you have to have content on it. Again, Google does not like, you know, spun content or AI-type content, but if it adds value, if it's something that has stats, it has testimonials, it has all the different things that allow you to, to be able to do it, I would just always pay attention, you know, and to be able to understand, you know, where the world's going because it's it's changing quicker than we all could have imagined, and and it's pretty yeah. neat to see where it's going. So, so yeah. I love it. Those are some great quick wins with implementing AI and uh, chat GPT. Definitely stay on the cutting edge of all of that because Absolutely. it is changing week over week. Week over week. And, and Google's also embraced it. So that's the big thing. I was like, oh, Google's going to slap it down. No big deal. And then all of a sudden, they're like, oh, ours is going to be better. I'm like, oh, okay. So here you go. So it's it's here to stay. You know? So we, we've got to figure it out and to be able to adjust with the times for sure. Agreed. Eric? Before we wrap up today's uh, episode, I love to leave the audience with three actionable takeaways from each episode. Mm-hmm. Here are some three actionable takeaways that I noted, but Eric, you let me know if I'm missing anything. All right. Mm-hmm. So action item number one is you just touched on this. Turn on Google shopping. If you've already got your Shopify or WooCommerce set up, the first quick win would be just replicate that all of that with Google shopping and I think you also mentioned too, there's a plugin that will do the same thing and just turn on Facebook shopping and all of those other shopping platforms as well. Is that correct? That's correct. That's correct. So there's there's plugins for each of the different platforms um, that will go to every feed, not just those two, but any feed that's available, it will allow you to build it. It already has pre-made templates for those feeds. And then if you want to use just one, there's a tool called Sales and Orders that they have a self-service and a full service, they'll take care of it all for you. You just call them up, set it up, they'll take care of it, you're done. So those are the kind of two things. And I'll in the show notes, we'll provide links to all the different plugins so that you have those as well. Awesome, super valuable. Action yeah. item number two would be to start focusing on, you know, what are those bundles of products that you're going to need to create? And so I think that's an important aspect of all of the conversation that we had today is, Take the ones that are winning and group them together, whether they be seasonal items or whether they're serving, you know, a particular holiday or Mother's Day or Father's Day. Group things together because that's where you're going to need to package things together in order to be able to pay for and afford the cost of those ads that you're going to be driving traffic to. As well said, it's that's bundles and ups and upsells and cross sells are the key to scalable growth. And honestly, no marketing budget. You just want to be able to scale and grow. The people spend thirty million dollars a year on Facebook ads because they've worked out the funnel. You just got to figure that out. What's the formula? You've got to come up with that. Yep. And then action item number three. I'm going to put this as as fair. Um, I think you mentioned that this is just another. It kind of correlates with action item number one of just like 
you're just putting yourself out there, right? <laughs> like just put more fishing poles in the water, so to speak. And I think fair does that. And I love what you talked about. Instead of getting caught up with, I've got to change my UPC code. I've got to come out with just specific designs only for fair. I think that the easiest thing is just take your best selling products, put them out there, see what happens, understand what some of the potential risks could be, and then start pivoting accordingly, right? If you see somebody that starts selling on your Amazon listing, you could take it down and not uh, not sell back to them on fair, right? Um, and But continuing to pivot. So, Eric, kind of, I guess my biggest takeaway is just start with the low-hanging fruit of just get out there even further. And there's so many tools that allow us to do that, Google Shopping, the different marketplace plugins, and then you've got FAIR that just allow you to kind of expand your presence outside of just Amazon. Yep, that's well said. That's exactly it. Yep. Is there anything else, Eric, yeah, that we haven't I, touched on that you think we need well, to drive there's home? There's some other things that, that uh, I, you know, um, but this is a really good start. Yeah, I, uh, yeah it's, it's – um, I think the biggest thing is, as you said, just get started, and 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 then also where possible, if you can't do one piece, you know, find team that can help you. That's a, the biggest thing is is that you can't if it's if Google Shopping and set, if you're not willing to kind of give it a go, you can you can then there's people that you can hire. There's sales and orders that you can do. There's also you can go to Upwork. You can go to you know find an agency, find go on Indeed or a zip recruiter, put some ads out to find people that know how to do it because. You, you got to be able to scale, and if you can't, if you do it all yourself, it, it might get might be in the game, but you want to be able to scale and grow, and that's where finding a great team to be able to do so is great. Yeah, Eric. On that note, obviously you have your agency, mm-hmm. and I think there's so much that goes into all of these strategies that we talked about. Working with an expert is very important, mm-hmm. especially if you're a business owner. You're not going to be able to master all of these things. So, Eric, tell us more about what does it look like when a brand comes to you? What does kind of like your fee structure kind of look like? Is it all just kind of like tailored to every brand individually? Is it a revenue share, profit share? Tell us a little bit more about the way your agency set up. Yeah. The lay of the land for our audience, What if they're considering going to an agency like yourself to help yeah. execute yeah. this. That's a great question. That's a great question. So the biggest thing is, is that I would just say is first, all agencies aren't created equal. So you want to make sure that that you find the right one that understands not just branding and not just, you know, building a, you know, an online presence, but really more in that direct response type marketing. You want to have somebody that understands, you know, funnels that understands, you know, paid ads and ROI based marketing. That's the key thing, just because you can have a great website and make no sales. So that's kind of, you got a great brand, but actually not be able to sell anything. So that's just kind of a good, you want to have a comprehensive view with that. So when it comes to you know, harnessing strengths, you know, this is a situation where we we put together a full audit of kind of where you are. It is not, it's no, no cookie cutter type scenario. This is, we look at, we do a full audit on where you are and put together a, a detailed growth strategy and what that looks like and to be able to uh, be able to scale from there. So, the whole goal when it comes to what what it what how the, the fee structure and all the different details. If you have a great website and a brand and you just need little pieces, there could be just little things where it's maybe a a, a project based or a retainer type based fixing of issues and or scaling and going to different things of that nature. The best opportunities are around kind of an outsourced CMO type scenario where it's basically, hey, I don't have to, I just have great products and I have a great team to be able to build those products, but we need a team to help market them. And that's a situation where, you know, kind of having a having 
you know, a team of people coming behind you to be able to say, all right, we'll take this and run with it when it comes to the marketing within your goals, within your brand confines, and to be able to scale and leverage not just, um, you know, not just one marketing person, but actually a team of people. That's kind of, that, that's been where we've seen the best success just because, you know, um, you want to be able to scale. And our biggest goal is that we'd be able to actually build build a team for you and to be able to actually be able to replace ourselves to be able to then go and step out just because our goal is to build your your business to enable you to be able to fish to be able to grow and to be able to scale you know and that's 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 how we work so but needless to say I love you know, that. we, we want to just build long-term relationships to be able to scale and 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 get referrals and that's that's a win-win for everybody so yep so where can people reach out to learn more about harnessing strengths and even reach out to you personally? Yeah, so at Harnessing Strengths, you can go to harnessingstrengths.com and press the book button. It will set a schedule of con- a consultation. Um, and, and you can reach out to me on on Facebook, um, uh, on, on LinkedIn, um, or, or wherever. Um, you know, you can you know, pick the contact us on, on Harnessing Strengths as well and be able to go from there. I'll leave all the information in the show notes as well. So, so yeah. Awesome. I love that. Now, as we wrap everything up, Eric, I've got to ask you the three questions that I ask every guest. Yep. So number one is what's been the most influential book that you've read and why? Yep. Well, I think for the conversation that we had today, I think everybody needs to read Expert Secrets by Russell Brunson. It, it, it's mm-hmm. an older book that's more around the online course thing, but from there, it, it really talks about the strategy of funnels and kind of what that is and the psychology around how you do it. I stiff-armed that industry for many, many years. But so it was like, uh-huh. you got to read it. And honestly, I read it in one sitting on a Sunday morning, and it was the greatest thing. You know, you can get it on Audible. You can do whatever, but you want to get the book because it has all the strategies and the psychology around it. And you can apply it to any industry that's out there. You know, take out some of the car salesman tactics and some of the big, you know, balloon, you know, type marketing, but use the good principles and apply it to good uh, coordinated strategy. And that's a great place to start. I agree. I have read that book, and it is a really good book. I would yep. recommend that as well. All right. Question number two, what is your favorite productivity tool or software that you've discovered uh, that you think is a game changer? Yeah, well, I'm sure this isn't new to everybody, but I think it's definitely been one that we use the most is, is, well, it's actually two. One is called Slack, where we basically have a channel for every single project that we have going on. And we ask to set it up with all of our different clients. And with that, are able to then talk, have many different conversations at once. But to be able to have all the, you know, with a remote team, be able to work as though we're sitting in the same room and all of that. Teams does a good job as well. You know, when it comes to if you already have Microsoft Office 365, that does it as well. But Slack has been one that we use, you know, all the time, corresponding with our project management system, which we use as teamwork. It allows us to put all the tasks for all the different things. And we have, you know, an Amazon department and all the marketing, all the different details. And it allows you to have task-based not just board-based, but very task-based, check them off, and everybody gets lowered. Everybody knows what they're working on. Has a Gantt chart to work out the details. So that's kind of two, but we were using them together. You can add a Slack and add a tag, take it, and go from there. So, so yeah. I love it. Great strategy. Last but not least, who is somebody that you admire or respect the most in the e-commerce space that other people should be following and why? Yeah. Well, um, Sam O from Ahrefs. Um, he has a YouTube, Ahrefs has a, has a uh, YouTube channel and they do, they're kind of more on the, you know, the SEO kind of backlink influencer marketing, you know, they, they sell a SaaS system, but Sam O, you know, he has great videos that do it in a very easy, understandable way that talk about um, all things of, of, of not just 
of not just building your website, but uh, even certain types of affiliate marketing, B2B things, you know, B2C, all the different details and how to get your brand more exposure. And that's something that anything that Sam Mo says, I would, uh, I would, uh, you know, he's a really smart guy and that whole team is a great, great company. So, so yeah. I love it. Well, Eric, thank you so much uh, for your time today. I know I took a lot away, uh, a lot of action items for myself. And I think our audience saw a lot of value in this as great. well today. But thank you for your time and coming on the podcast. Absolutely great. Well, we appreciate your time and feel free to reach out if you have any questions with the show notes or we provide all these details so you can look at that. And if there's any questions, feel free to reach out. Take your time today. Thank you, Josh. Thank you for listening. Visit ecombreakthrough.com for more information. If you've enjoyed today's episode, the best way you can show your appreciation is by clicking the subscribe button and quickly leaving a review. See you again next time.